Well, hello, everyone. We're in this series right now, Half of Me is Invisible, and we're talking about just that, that uh, much of who we are is unseen. In fact, that when we think about describing ourselves, uh, we would tend to describe ourselves with the unseen parts of us. We talk about our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, and our spirits, or our souls, as the Bible would speak of it. And these things are unseen, they're not tangible, but they're very real, and they're very much a part of who we are and how we function. Uh, the Bible teaches us that that reality extends to even the greater world around us, that there's an unseen reality of uh, spiritual warfare uh, that we are uh, the, kind of the focus of in the spiritual world or realm that's around us. We talked about that a little bit last week, talked about angels and demons. And the Bible tells us that eternally, the long view of our life is the same unseen idea. It's heaven, it's hell, it's, it's the help of the Holy Spirit, and these are all the, the focal points of conversation that we're having. So um, we're, we're really covering some ground. We're doing something in this series that we don't normally do here at Grace. I'm information dumping on you. And so I encourage you, if you haven't been able to be here and aren't kind of caught up with it, to really take the time and go out online, listen to the conversations, uh, watch them, get a podcast for free uh, through iTunes. You just sign up for it, it'll come to you automatically. And, uh, and kind of fill in those blanks because we're talking about such big subjects in such a little window of time that we're covering just an unbelievable amount of ground. And so if you can take the time and really soak it up and process it a little bit, uh, it'll benefit you even more. We're gonna do that again today. We're gonna talk about heaven this weekend. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to like cruise through the Bible. Like we're going to cover a lot, a lot of ground. So what I did was in your, in your program, I, I crammed it full of notes for you this week. Just wrote down a bunch of stuff so you have it later on. And I encourage you to go back and like grab it, marinate on it a little bit and, uh, and get your head and your heart around it even more. But let's talk about heaven and let's talk about what heaven is, what it isn't, why does God tell us about it, and how is that information supposed to govern or define our lives right now? Um, when we talk about heaven, I want to just kind of say up front, I want to narrow the conversation very dramatically. Uh, every culture and every religion has a concept of heaven. And so um, we could spend eons chasing down all those concepts and, and talking about them we're not going to do that. Uh, here at Grace, we believe that the, the Bible is the foundation of all truth, and so we would look and say, what does the Bible say? And, and we accept that as the definition or the truth of what heaven actually is. And then even within the context of the Bible, uh, if you left here this weekend and said, hey, Jeff, I don't think you covered everything, you would be absolutely correct, right? And so there, there's like a lot of ground, and a lot of ways to think, and a lot of different avenues to take, and so just up front, no, I picked one, and uh, I didn't pick the only one. I just picked the one that my simple little mind could get itself around, and that's the one we're going we're gonna to talk through. So when we talk about heaven, I want to talk about it in context of our culture and the way that the North American culture that's full of westernized people would tend to think about heaven. And from there, we'll talk about what it is, what it isn't and how it's supposed to, uh, to in, impact our life. So in, in our culture, when we think about heaven, it, we're gonna talk about heaven in kind of a few basic ways, right? 
So we, when we think about heaven, we would tend to think about heaven in kind of the context of, we might, we might think about it as an as a enlightenment or a state of being, like a nirvana. Like that's a, that's a fairly uh, prevalent thought in our culture that heaven is like a, an evolution and we become a part of the force or we become a part of nature and, and we're enlightened or we're like existing in this state. Uh, from that idea, we get like the movies where the ghost can't go to heaven until he fixes what he screwed up on earth kind of a thing. Uh, we get a lot of the purgatory idea that we're there in this place and we got to be prayed out or bought out in order to get up to heaven. And that's all kind of that same concept and we think about that a lot. Another way that we think about heaven a lot is in a cartoony kind of a way. So it's, it's the little angel with the harp on the cloud, naked, you know. And so we're, we're looking and saying, uh, that's heaven. We turn into like a Precious Moments figurine, and we're naked for the rest of our life, and playing, I don't know why a harp, but we're playing a harp, and that's heaven. Probably the one that we think about the most, because it's the one that we talk about the most, is the idea that heaven is uh, me doing what I want to do forever. And we'll talk about that. When, when someone we lose uh, dies and we lose someone, we'll tend to say those kind of things. Like, you know, Uncle Fred is in heaven and he's riding his Harley. Or uh, Susie Q's in heaven and uh, she's, you know, uh, a fashionista, whatever, you know. Uh, so, so grandma's in heaven, and she's reunited with her dog Fido, and the hamster that died 20 years ago, but not the cat, because they won't make it. And so, you know, so it, it's that idea, like, the, like it, it, we kind of are doing what we like to do forever, and we get to go to heaven, we get to, we get to do that. And that, that is probably the predominant view in our culture of heaven. The heaven is kind of my desires and my wishes amplified, and it's the eternal vacation, right? That's, that's the way heaven is. And we'll, we'll talk about, we'll call things heavenly in that mindset. So we'll say, like, oh, I went to Hawaii, and it's just heaven out there, right? Or I went to Alaska, and the mountains are just heaven. Or I went to Akron, Ohio, and it's just not heaven, you know, and so hey, we'll, we'll tend to talk about those things. So those are kind of the predominant views. Now, the reason why I think that we talk about heaven in those terms, and, and I think this is actually a good thing and, and it's the right thing, is that when we think of heaven, we tend to think of it in a hopeful manner. Like there, there's something beyond this life uh, whether your life is very difficult or whether your life is very normal, which is usually a blend of difficult and, and fine, uh, we, we would still look and say, earth does not satisfy me. Like there's things I want on earth I can't have. There's dreams I have that don't fulfill me. There's goals that I achieved and they weren't all they were cracked up to be. And so there must be something better than, and, and we tend to place that then in heaven and we just tend to make up our own versions of it. Now, I would be real careful making up our own version. We'll talk about what the Bible says heaven is. But when it comes to the, I want to place my hope in something, when you read the Bible, you're actually on the money with that. Like you would look and God would say, right, heaven is hopeful. So yeah, when you think of heaven, think in a hopeful way, right? So I hope for a better tomorrow, so I would think of heaven. Or, or I hope 
that, that um, I, I will be relieved of an illness, some of us who are, struggle physically. Like, I hope that there's healing, and we would think of heaven in that context, and, it, and it's actually a good way to think about it. Or I hope for satisfaction and happiness. And, and we would be like, yeah, that, that, so I think, and God would say, yeah, heaven is, is that great, good job hoping. Um, I, I hope for reunion. I've lost someone that I love and I hope to be reunited with them. And that's a very good thing to think about. It's a positive thing. I hope my faith is well placed. Like we all hope that. We're like, I hope I picked the right team here because I'm not, you know, a Buddhist, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Hindu. Like I went with the whole, I went with the Christian thing, and I hope that that's going to pay off. And God would look at us and say, right, it, that's good. Because one of the certainties of heaven is that it is a place of hope. And it is a place that you can place your hope and it will pay off. And that's important. Human beings must have hope. In fact, this, this actually speaks to the idea that we're more spiritual than we are anything else. You, you take a human being and put them in the most miserable circumstances that you can imagine and give them hope and they will survive that circumstance. Uh, look at people who like survived the Holocaust or, or people who were trapped in a mine in Chile for months. As long as there's hope, that human being will survive. It, it's incredible what a human being would do with hope. You take that same human being and withdraw hope and give them food and water, you know, you sustain the body but remove the hope and they'll die. They will die. I've, I've actually seen it happen with my own, my own eyes. Someone who physically could live, but they've lost a hope. And we, we would say it this way, they give up the will to live, right? They'll die. So hope is something that's huge for us. And God knows that. I actually believe this is one of the reasons why he gives us a glimpse of heaven, where he would look and say, yeah, there, there, is, there is these things that you long for, and I want to give them to you, and so I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna give you a little glimpse of the future. I'm gonna give you a little glimpse of the invisible and set your hope in it. It's actually a really good thing to do that. Let me define your hope though. Let me, def let me define heaven. Let's not make up our own version of it. But dreaming and hoping and anticipating absolutely all day, every day. And that's part of why God gives us these glimpses. So when we think about heaven, the Bible has a lot to say. The Bible is silent a lot. And what we tend to do is we tend to like add the color into it. And I would say that's kind of good and bad. Let's let the Bible speak, okay? And off of good sound doctrine and good theology and the words of scripture, the Bible will kind of build parameters for us. And if you want to imagine and kind of color in those parameters, I don't think that's a, a sin in any way, shape, or form. When I move outside the parameters, I'm just making up my own deal. Well, that's, that's when we got out of bounds with God, okay? So when the Bible doesn't speak, it's okay for us to add a little color to it, but it has to be built off of sound doctrine, good theology, let it say what it says, and then in the middle there, uh, we can imagine some. So let, let's, let's look at what the Bible actually says and then we'll, we'll bring that all the way down into kind of answering some of, our, some of our questions, okay? So what does the Bible say about heaven? This is some of the stuff that I put in your notes. The first one is this. Let's, let's just start by clarifying and, and being sure that we lay down this idea that heaven is a literal place. It really exists. 
It's not a concept or a state of consciousness. That heaven is a place that has existed, does exist, and will exist. Jesus himself talks about this in John chapter 14. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. Meet me there, John chapter 14. It's page 752 in those Bibles in the chairs. And if you're electronic, we use the version app, Y-O-U version. Hit live, and our zip code is 44333, we're Grace Church. Jesus is actually giving hope to his disciples while he's still on earth because they're looking at Jesus and saying, wait a minute, you're going to leave? Um, I thought this was the best scenario, like I'm with you. And Jesus is like, nope, there's something better. Verse 1, chapter 14, John, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Heaven is a literal place. It's a place that Jesus literally came from. He, he lives there. It's not a concept or idea to him. He's like, yeah, this is my house, right? This is where I live. He stepped out of heaven, came into the human experience so we could understand him and so that he could provide relationship for us. And he looks at his followers here in the Bible and he says, hey, I'm going back, I'm going home, and you're gonna, you, you're gonna come with me. You're gonna come with me. If you've received the forgiveness of your sin through uh, salvation in Christ, and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I will come back for you and you will be with me. I'm, I'm, building, I'm building your condo right now, like, right? So there's a real place that Jesus came from, there's a real place he went back to, and there's a real place that exists right now, and a real place that we're going to go to. And that's a big deal. Heaven, it, heaven isn't us becoming one with creation. Heaven isn't us uh, becoming you know, a, a spirit when we float around. Heaven is a place, and we will go there, and God is there, and we will meet him there when we get there. So it's a literal place. Another thing that the Bible tells us about heaven is that it's actually beyond our comprehension. It's a place of indescribable beauty. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. One of the reasons why we need to be a little bit careful about making heaven like our version of it, where it's just not like this extended vacation, I'm going to ride my Harley forever in heaven, is because God would say, really? That's what you want to do? Yeah, I'm going to play golf forever in heaven. Really? That doesn't sound like heaven. It sounds like the other place. Right? It's like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. God would say, wait a minute, like, don't sell me short here. You cannot imagine, you cannot comprehend the wonderful thing that I want to give you in heaven it is beyond anything that you can conceive from the human experience. It is that fantastic of a reward. It is that fantastic of a landing place. And it's indescribable. It's beyond any, any definition of beauty, any definition of peace, any definition of fun. Heaven is greater than. And it's something that I have created for you. We also know from the scripture that heaven is a place of perfect security. We know from the scripture that in heaven we will be in the presence of Jesus and feel perfect peace. Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. These are gone forever. 
We know that heaven is a place of reward. 2 Timothy 4, Paul says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day of his returning. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Heaven is a place where we are in the presence of Christ. And it is perfect security, perfect peace, perfect reward. When Paul's writing here, he's not talking about like us buying our way into heaven, right? Because the Bible is very clear that is by grace we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's through Jesus Christ alone. So I don't, I don't like run up the score and get into heaven kind of a thing. He's saying, but when you struggle through earth and when the ups and downs of life come and, and, and when you've kept the faith and, and when you have served the Lord and when you have made uh, the sacrifices that sometimes you make for God, Paul says these light and momentary struggles will go away and you will break the tape and you will be rewarded. You will finish your race, right? And you will get to heaven and there is reward there. It's hope. It's hope. I, I get to all the anxiety and all the frustration and all the insecurity of life will be stripped away. Yep. Because Jesus will meet every need for you. All the, all the, all the pain and the sorrow and the, and the anxiousness and the grief of life will be stripped away. Yep. Every tear is washed away. It's gone. See? In, in heaven. So you're telling me that, that if I serve God now, it will pay off in the long run? Yep, yep. God gives us a glimpse of the end to define the beginning, okay? And he lets us know that this is what heaven is and this is what he's gonna give to us and it's something that we can bank on and have hope in. So heaven is far more than an eternal vacation. It's not just doing what we wanna do forever. Heaven is the human soul completely satisfied. And the Bible says that's literally beyond our comprehension. We, we cannot imagine what it's like to have our soul satisfied, okay? Because everything that we do on earth for fun or for love or for fulfillment comes up short, right? So I, I, I had this dream, I'm gonna pursue this dream and I finally got it, I finally got my car and now I got a car payment. I got this dream, I, I just thought, man, once this happens, then I'm gonna be where I wanna be, and now it happened, and now what I got is a really big job that stresses me out. Or I had this relationship, I thought, man, if I fall in love, I'm gonna marry the person I love, and then I woke up, and he's the devil, right? And so, it's like every, everything we wanted to do, it, it's true, those longings will act on, it's not like they're sinful or anything like that, but are they gonna leave us short? Absolutely, they're gonna leave us short. Why? Because they're not Christ. So the concept or the idea that when I lay down at night and my soul yearns, I feel unsettled, I want something more, I wish for something greater, that that would be satisfied. That every need, every desire, every longing of my soul is fully satisfied by the one who created me to be in a relationship with him is literally beyond what we could comprehend. And this is one of the great promises, one of the great hopes of heaven. So that's a little bit of what heaven is like. And heaven is this literal place, and these are some of the things that are tied to it. The next question that we get asked a lot then is, so if heaven has always been and heaven will always be, and you're saying it's a literal place, 
what's happening now? Like, it's like heaven's open for business kind of a thing right now? Yep, it is. So what's happening now in heaven? And, 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 and what, do we, what should we know about it? Well, the Bible tells us some things that are happening now in heaven that we know are like at this moment going on in heaven. So one of the things the Bible tells us is that right now in heaven, all the saints from all of time are worshiping God and they're cheering for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. If you read that verse in its broader context, it's most assuredly talking about followers of God from the Old Testament. There's a, like this long list like with names in it uh, in the chapter before that. And I personally believe, uh, off of good doctrine and theology, so it means I'm right, I personally believe that it is every follower of God who joins him, that we become a part of the great cloud of witnesses. And that, that great cloud of witnesses is cheering for us. Think of Ohio State Stadium, because we want to get a glimpse of heaven here, so think of Ohio State Stadium, and think of the football field, the cloud of witnesses surrounds us while we on earth play the game on the field. And they're cheering for us, meaning they're cheering for the church of Jesus Christ. They're cheering for the church as we serve God, they're cheering for the church as we proclaim truth, they're cheering for the church as we seek to win the lost. They're cheering for our faithfulness, in essence saying, guys, it's worth it, we were faithful, we suffered a little while, we got to heaven, it's so amazing, it's everything that you believe is going to pay off, and so they're cheering for us even now as we are serving God. Another thing that's happening in heaven right now is Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is praying for us in heaven right now. Mark chapter 16, verse 19, after the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and said at the right hand of God. And the Bible says at his right hand, he's interceding for us, which is just a, a Bible way of saying he's praying for us, okay? So Jesus prays for his followers, or what the Bible calls the saints. And that's, a, that's an important thing, because it's not a saint of the church, Saint Mark or Paul or Mary, who are, that goes and prays for us. That's why we don't pray to saints. We pray to Christ. And he does that directly. And the Bible says everyone who is a follower of Jesus is a saint, okay? So he prays for us as we serve and we follow God. And that, that's happening right now. Another thing happening in heaven is God is being worshipped. He's being worshipped perpetually in heaven. So the angels are worshipping him. The elders are worshipping him. Those who, the followers of Christ who have gone on before are worshipping him uh, Acts of worship are breaking out. So like one of the things that the Bible says is that when someone accepts Christ as their savior, the angels rejoice, right? So they would, they would uh, rear up kind of in that, in that worship, that expressive worship. It's all this idea that God is worshiped perpetually. Now that's a big deal to remember because when we think about heaven, remember our culture, we tend to think about heaven in terms of what I hope it will be. Like, I hope heaven will be an eternal vacation where Ohio State wins the national championship every year, right? So what I want it to be. And God would say, no, heaven is my domain, and I'm welcoming you into it. And when you come into my domain and you come into my presence, you will be fulfilled on levels that you literally cannot comprehend, 
and you will participate with what's happening here. So I don't so much tailor make it, heaven's about God, it's not, so, it's not about us, but we get to be in his presence, which winds up fulfilling us and meeting, meeting our needs there. And so worship is a huge element of that and something that is happening in heaven all the time. Okay, so what's, what's heaven like? Well, it's like this literal place, right? What's going on right there, right, right now? Jesus is there and uh, worship is happening. And then the next question that tends to, to come from that is then, well, so what will we do forever in heaven? I mean, we're gonna be there forever, right? Eternity. So what, what will we do in heaven and the Bible talks a little bit about that as well. The Bible says that we will serve and reign and rule with Christ. What will that be? There's some things we know and there's some things we don't, but we do know this, that what we do will be affected by our rewards, by our rewards. I just wanna take a minute and talk about this a little bit. First Corinthians chapter three, if what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And that's in a broader context that I just wanna explain for a minute. So the Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that every human being is gonna stand before God in judgment. Every human being will bow their knee before Christ and will call him, call him Lord, okay? So that's going to happen. There's two types of judgment that the Bible tells us clearly about. There's one type of judgment that's an in or out judgment. It's on the great white throne. So it's the in or out judgment, okay? So we stand before God and God in essence looks and says, did you receive the forgiveness of your sin from my son, Jesus Christ? Did you receive his love, and take him up on his offer of salvation, yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then we're, we're given a reward, we're welcomed into heaven. If the answer is no, we're forever separated from God, we're cast away into hell, forever, forever separated from the presence of, of God. That's one judgment, every human being will go through that. A second judgment is called the Bema Seat Judgment. Bema is a, is a Greek word, and, and the best way to picture a Bema, think about the Olympics, okay? And when the athletes run, and they get a, a bronze, silver, or gold medal, and they stand on the stand and they play the national anthem, they're standing on a bema. They're standing on a place of reward. So the bema seat judgment is a place where Christians, our deeds and actions and earthly investments will be judged. It's not an in or out because Christ got us in, right? We're saved by grace through faith. It's not, it's not like we scored enough points and here they are, God, you gotta let me in. It is a what, what did you do? How did you invest the life that I, that I gave you? There's certain parts of the Bible where Jesus and, uh, and some of the apostles talk about our life investments. And, and so, for instance, Jesus would, uh, an easy one, Jesus would say, hey, when you think about money, don't forget that your heart and your treasure are always in the same place. You always spend money on what you love. So lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy. I can take my money here on earth invest it in eternal things, spiritual things, and I can make bank in heaven. A time would be another easy example of this. I, I've been given time, I've been given life on earth. I can take my time and I can use it for eternal things. I can disciple someone, I pray for someone, I can help the poor, whatever, right? Whatever God lays out as eternal, I can invest in that. 
and that makes bank in heaven, then it, it lays up for me rewards. So the Bible says that at the Bema, we will go through a judgment, and all of our deeds and investments will be judged, and they will pass through the purifying fire of judgment. And the things that are eternal will come out the other side like gold or silver or precious stones. They'll survive because they're eternal. And the things that are earthly or temporal will be burned up like wood, hay, stubble, and straw. They'll, they'll be burned away. And what, is, what survives is what I'll be rewarded for, okay? So I can spend my time discipling someone, helping them know Christ, right? That's gonna survive, good investment. Or I can spend my time watching a football game. Nothing sinful about watching a football game. It's just not eternal, right? It's gonna go away. It won't survive the fire of judgment. This is what the Apostle Paul's talking about. So what are we gonna do in heaven? Well, there's a few options, but it's directly tied to the reward that I receive, how I invested my life and the focus that I had here on earth. We also know that the Bible is clear that we will govern with Christ in heaven. We will worship Christ in heaven and we will live in total purity in heaven. There is no sin and no effects of sin in heaven, okay? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some, you might be thinking this, you might be thinking, so we're gonna get to heaven and we're gonna worship, right? Forever, right? We're gonna sing, yeah, and bow down before Christ, yep forever, right, so we're going to go to church forever, <laughs> kind of, are you speaking, Jeff, because that doesn't sound like heaven to me, right, so like, is that it, like that, this is where we tend to make up stuff then, is that what we're going to do, now let's go back to 1 Corinthians, remember this, Paul says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can comprehend, okay, that's important, when we think about heaven, one of the certainties of heaven is the hope. When we start talking about like, what are we gonna do when we're there? It's like, well, I, I can show you what the Bible says, but we can't comprehend it. We can't comprehend that being fun or comprehend that being meaningful or comprehend because we're so limited in our scope. But what we know is we are satisfied. We are full of joy. We are full of peace. We are in perfect relationship with God. So is heaven gonna be boring? Well, of course it's not gonna be boring. Well, what are we gonna do? I don't know, I can't comprehend it. Can we fly? I don't know, I, maybe, I don't know, you know. Can we teleport? I, I don't know. Will we know where Jim Hoff is buried? I don't, we won't care, right? We'll be in, we'll be in the presence of God. So can we, can we kind of add color to some of that? Yeah, I mean, don't, don't be silly with it. But yes, you can add some color to it. But these are the things that we know, and the biggest thing that we know is that God is the focal point and we are satisfied. And so the hope, the concept of hope that we attach to heaven is a concept that is very correct in the scripture. And how does that play out? Well, we don't know for sure, but we know that it will satisfy us and we will enjoy it and love it and be grateful that we got to be a part of it. The other element of questions that we get asked a lot are about people. And so when we lose loved ones, and, and we, we've had some go on before us, we get asked the question a lot, well, what, what's happening with them? What's going on with the people in heaven? I think these are great questions. And I think the Bible speaks to this some, 
And I think we can add a little color to it. We can imagine a little bit. And we can get a, a pretty clear view of what's going on with the people who are in heaven right now. So we get asked questions like this. Um, what's it like in heaven? What are the people like? Do they, do they want to leave there? Like if my loved one went on before, do they want to come back and, and be with me? And the answer is no, they don't. They don't, they don't want to leave there. They are satisfied. They are full of joy. They are full of peace. They're, they're, they're full of fulfillment. There is zero pain. There is zero sadness. There is zero sickness. And there is zero faith. It's fun to think about. People in heaven do not walk by faith. They walk by sight. Here on earth, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. But people who are in heaven now have a complete mind of Christ, a complete relationship with Christ. There's no faith in heaven. You don't need it. You don't need it. And they would look and say, I am fulfilled. My soul is satisfied. This is, this is, what, this is what I always long for on levels I didn't even realize I longed for it. So do, do the people in heaven want to get back down to earth? No, they don't. They, they are receiving their reward, and we can be happy for them that they're there. A question that gets asked to us a lot, do they, do they see us? Can people in heaven see us? So my mom and dad, for instance, are in heaven. Do, do they look down and see us? Uh, do they become our guardian angel? No, they don't become our guardian angel. The Bible would be pretty clear about that. Um, do they communicate back and forth with us? No, they don't communicate back and forth with us. They're, they're with the Lord. They're not, they're not earthly minded anymore. Do they make special things happen for us? Like if, if something great happened in my life, should I look and say, hey, thanks, mom, for making it? They make it. No, that, that's, that's Christ and that's the Holy Spirit. So let's be sure we give them credit for everything. So can they see us? And the answer to that is maybe. Maybe. I, I believe that they join the great cloud of witnesses, and as a part of the great cloud of witnesses, can they see you? I think the answer would be yes, in as much as you are a part of the church. Okay? So I don't think my mom is looking down at me right now saying, Jeffrey, if you do that, I'm going to zap you. I don't think that's what's, gonna, that's what's going on. But I think mom and dad and my brother would be looking down at me from heaven and saying, go, go Jeff as a part of a church is some total of its individual parts. So we individually make we corporately. So serve Christ, proclaim Christ. They would look at, would they look at Grace Church? Yeah, as much as we are a part of the universal church, go Grace Church, go church. Tell the good and let people know that salvation is real and that Jesus is real and tell them. So can they see us? Maybe. How would they interact with us? They, they would cheer for us as a part of the church. But Christ and the Holy Spirit, they would be the ones interacting directly with us. They want to be sure to always give the credit to, uh, to them. Okay? People ask us, will the people in heaven recognize us? And the answer is yes. Yes, the, the Bible speaks nothing of us losing our identities in heaven. I believe that we'll bring our, our earthly kind of history with us. So when I get to heaven and see my brother, I'll recognize him as my brother and, and vice versa. I recognize mom and dad as my mom and dad. Your loved ones will, will see you. Um, will, will, will we have the same relationships? Yes and no. I, I think we'll remember and we'll know 
that what our earthly relationship was. But don't forget that earthly relationships are meant to fulfill us. And so when I'm fully fulfilled by Christ, I, I don't need my mom to reinforce my self-worth. Jesus has got it all handled. So our relationships will change. Now the Bible does say that there will be no marriage in heaven. And you can, you can take that as good news or bad news. It's just kind of however you wanna play with that one. But there's no marriage in heaven because marriage is specifically designed to mimic our relationship with Christ. So when I'm with Christ, that relationship is complete. So when I get to heaven, will I be married to Heidi? No. Will I know that I was married to Heidi? Sure, sure. Will I know, will I know that I loved her and, and, and we had a family? Yeah, absolutely. But we won't need to meet each other's needs anymore. All of that is fully done by Christ. And so the Bible says that there's no one married or given a marriage in heaven. Question I get asked a lot, a lot of the time is, do the people in heaven miss us? And especially, I find this question that comes especially when we're talking about children. I have a child that's in heaven. Do they miss me? Are they safe, right? And, and that's, a, that's a very parental question. Is everything okay in heaven? And the answer is uh, multifaceted. So are they safe? Absolutely. They, your loved ones are absolutely safe. They're in the most protective environment that you can imagine and even beyond that. And they know and follow and are connected with Christ. Do babies go to heaven? Yes, they do, absolutely. Uh, some people would question that and say they don't and they're wrong, I'm right, okay? And so I have good theology and we'll have a theology fight and I got better degrees. So they're wrong, I'm right. Babies absolutely go to heaven. When we get to heaven, if we've lost babies, if we have a miscarriage or something like that, will they know that I was their mom? Will they know that I was their dad? And I, I actually believe that yes, they will, because the parental connection is a spiritual one. And so there, there's more to it. It's not, we don't just procreate like a turtle does, right? We, we have a, a spiritual connection to our kids, and that connection would continue uh, even into, into heaven. Do they miss us? Are, are they lonely? And the answer is no, they, they don't, and no, they are not lonely. And let, let me tell you why a little bit. The reason that they don't miss you or they're not lonely is because they're on a different time frame than you and I are. I, I was talking to my dad um, before he died, and um, about 24 or 36 hours before he died, we knew dad was gonna die. Dad knew that he was gonna die. And... Um, I was talking to him. Dad was lucent and joking around uh, until about five hours before he died, which was such a gift uh, to us. So I was talking to him in the middle of the night, and I said, hey, Pop, I said, are you, you ready to go with the Lord? He said, yep, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. I said, are you afraid to, to die, to go with the Lord? And he said, no, I'm not, I'm really not. He said, the only thing that makes me sad is I'm gonna miss you guys. I'm gonna miss being with you. My dad loved his family. And I said, uh, I said, Dad, I said, you're, you're, not, gonna, you're not gonna miss me, don't, don't worry. And my dad was joking, right, even right before he died. And he, I said, Dad, you're not gonna miss me. And he goes, I was talking about your sisters. <laughs> so I so hope that I'm able to torment my children on my deathbed. But, but um, so we laughed. Yeah, it was just my dad's our relationship. It was just my dad. And, and I said, well, I said, you're not gonna miss me. I said, let me tell you why. 
He, said, he asked me, how come? I said, well, this is why. Because the Bible says that a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. A thousand years is like a day to the Lord. So people in heaven are on God's time frame, not our time frame. So I said, Pop, I said, when, when you die, um, you're gonna see Jesus and you're gonna be captivated by Jesus and you're gonna, you're gonna turn your head to the side and I'm gonna be standing right next to you. Even if I live 40 or 50 years, uh, on that time frame, it's that. So I can, I can live to be 80, 90 years old, which is a long life. It's an abnormally long life on the Bogue genetic tree, but it, it's a long life. And I said, Papa, I, I, you, you'll never even know that you were away from me and I will be with you and we will be reunited. So the, do the people in heaven, do they miss us? No. They're captivated by Jesus. We're the ones that are trapped in the earthly circumstances, right? But what is mortal has been swallowed up by life. They're the ones that, get the, that are living the life that they were actually meant to live. So your loved ones are safe in Christ. They're, they're fulfilled in Christ. They have not forgotten about you or abandoned you. It's not like they don't give a rip or anything like that. Just in their time frame, they, they, they hardly realized that we were apart. And so I like to say, when, when we say goodbye to a friend or a family member, I, I like to say, I'm, I don't say goodbye, I say see you in a little bit. You know, because that, that's it, we're just apart for a little bit and then we're together and we're united for all of eternity. All right. Last thing I wanna just hit real, real quick here is why does God tell us these things? Why does God tell us these things? I think there's three main reasons why God tells us about heaven. One is this hope. Hope is a huge deal. And I think God gives us a glimpse of the end to define the present. And he wants us to know, guys, listen, if you're faithful and you follow me, there's reward. I, I, I will not pull the rug out from you. you. You won't die and walk into God's presence. And he's like, ah, uh -huh, there's no heaven. You get to be a tree forever. Right? That, that's not gonna happen. So he's like, now there, there's a real place, real things happen, there, there's hope. There's hope of healing. Why, why don't we believe in euthanasia? Why don't we do th these kind of things? Because we believe that we glorify Christ even in our suffering, and then we're healed and we're healed forever. Lighten momentary troubles. There's hope of reunion. See, that's a, that's, a huge, that's a huge hope. I need that hope. The, the idea that somebody that we love dies and they just cease to exist is a miserable thought. Miserable thought. The idea that somebody that we love dies and we will be reunited with them, see, I, need, I need to know that. See, I need to know that I'll see my brother. I need to know that. I need to know that I'll be with my dad again. I, I, I miss him every day. So I need, I need to know that, that I get to be with him again. There's something to that, that, that assures me, that keeps me faithful, that makes me not throw my hands up and give up, right? And so God, God looks at that. He knows the depth of our loss. And so he gives us this glimpse of the future and he says, it's not going to be this way. It's a little while and then we're together again. So why does God tell us about heaven? I think that hope is a huge element. And when we place our hope in heaven, we're on the money with God. Another big reason why God tells us about heaven 
is because he teaches us that the hope of heaven is discovered on earth. And it's discovered through our salvation through Jesus Christ. Why, why do we need to know that there's a heaven and there's a hell? Because the, the definition of our life's trajectory is satisfied on earth before we move into the eternal. So our eternal lives are nothing more than the continuation of our earthly lives. If I accept Christ as my savior and receive the forgiveness of my sin and I'm following God and receiving his love and passionately pursuing him, when I die, my life just continues on that path. That's what heaven is. It's, it's just the natural direction my life is already going. And the inverse is true. If I reject Christ, if I refuse him, if I demand to live independently, then when I die, hell is just the natural continuation of my relationship with God. A life on earth devoid of God equals an eternity devoid of God. A life on earth committed to God equals an eternity of life in the presence of God. So that's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. That hope is discovered now, it's cemented now. And it's why Jesus, in this overwhelming act of love, stepped out of what we long for to come down in the circumstances that we're stuck in. And he lived so we could understand him, he died so he could forgive us of our sins, and he rose again to assure us life eternal, right? So I receive that now, and it's Jesus who says, not my words, his words, he says of himself, I am the way, the truth, the life, nobody goes to the Father unless they go through me. There's one path to heaven, all roads do not lead to heaven. There's one path to heaven, and it's Christ and Christ alone. So I believe that's part of why God tells us about that, so we can know that, and so we can lock into it. The last reason why I think God tells us about heaven is so that we set our minds on it and we lock into it. Uh, God wants us to have perspective. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, it's not just salvation, it's the investment of our, of our life. I think if God was here this morning, he, he would look at us and he would say, guys, listen, don't be caught up in earth. Don't be caught, this is not your home, that you're not a citizen of earth, you're a citizen of heaven, and invest your life in the, the eternal. Do you guys, um, you guys remember the eighth grade? Some of you are like, I'm gonna be in eighth grade. And, you know, just work with me here. But, but you, remember, you remember being in the eighth grade if you're a little bit older? Remember what was true about the eighth grade? In the eighth grade, whatever happened to you in the eighth grade, you thought was the whole of what was gonna happen to you in your life. So you thought the end of the world like raised and lowered with the eighth grade. So when you were in the eighth grade and you didn't get invited to a party, you were like, Mom, my friends hate me and I'll never be happy again, right? Eighth grade, right? Or you fell in love with the eighth grade and then it broke off and you're like, oh, my life is ruined. I was gonna marry him. We went out for four days. I can't believe it. Yeah, I was gonna... And people who have already gone through the eighth grade are looking at you and they're like, it's the eighth grade, relax, you know? It's not, and and we'll, we'll do this through life. High school's that way too. I always tell my, my kids that high school's a survival sport. I'm just like, get through it. All the fun happens after high school, right? And, and it, but in the moment, we are consumed by that moment. And we do this with God to a distraction of eternal investment. 
I want a boat so bad. If I don't get a boat, I'll never be happy. That's why I can't die. I got a boat. I, want, I thought I'd marry her and it would make my life so happy and now I married a she-devil and I'm never going to be happy, right? And God would look at us and say, guys, it's just earth. <laughs> it's a vapor. It's here, it's gone. I love you and I have so much more for you. Put your hope in that. Put your hope in it. I love this quote, C.S. Lewis, great author. You should read everything he ever wrote. He says this, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world are those who thought the most about the next world. It is since they largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. It's good stuff. Set your mind on things above. Place your hope in heaven. It's what it's, what it's there for. And trust in who Christ is and what he wants to give to you. I'm gonna ask the band to come out as they settle in. Would you just think about that a little bit? If there's never been a time in your life where you know without a shadow of a doubt, like no questions, that you asked Christ to forgive you of your sins and accepted him as Lord and you're following him, if you've never done that, I encourage you to do that today. There's no magic prayer, no secret words, no special ceremony. Your heart to God's heart. Don't worry about saying it right. Worry about meaning it. He knows what you mean. And receive the hope if you've never received it. And then, guys, if you're not heavenly-minded, see, could you put your mind on things above and think on those things that will define your reality right here? Enjoy, lock on to, hold on to the hope of heaven in the loving, gracious God who provides it for you. Did you think about it? And let's spend a few minutes here reflecting on these ideas.